we have been thinking about letting the light shine and we want to look at another aspect of it in Matthew 5 and verse 16 where it says let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your father who is in heaven so the purpose of light is another purpose of light it's not just that God removes the darkness from our life when he created the lights it was to give light upon the earth we read in Genesis chapter 1 the sun and the moon were created to give light upon the earth the sun was not created for itself the moon was not created for itself but to give light upon the earth and so with us that when the Lord puts his light within us his purpose is that we may give light to others around us who are needing that light we ourselves were orphans once upon a time and we live in a world where people are orphans spiritually speaking the world is full of insecure people and you and I know that even in the church many are insecure because they have not found security in the love of a father I am more and more convinced that we you know ever since that first time when man sinned and it says he went and hid himself behind a tree trying to hide from God before that Adam and Eve were naked and were not ashamed but as soon as they sinned what did they do? the first thing they did was to make fig leaves to cover themselves have you ever thought of that? why did they put fig leaves? was there anybody else in the garden were they afraid that the dogs would see them or <laughs> the cats or who were they covering themselves from there was no other human being I mean we wear clothes because we uh, there are other people around but I mean a husband and wife who known each other in nakedness who are who were Adam and Eve covering themselves from think of that there were no peeping toms looking through some window or anything like that in the garden of Eden they were covering themselves from each other and there's a spiritual lesson behind that sin has made us all try to hide ourselves from each other we wear masks we are afraid 
to be known as we really are all human beings if you are afraid to be known as you really are you are a normal human being but god wants to set you free from that you are not abnormal you are perfectly normal all human beings wear masks they wear something to hide their real self from others even from their husbands and their wives because they are afraid this is the reason if somebody knows me as i really am they won't accept me i'll be rejected and so we go through life carefully hiding ourselves from each other afraid that if somebody discovers what i really am they won't accept me and in in us there is a tremendous desire to be accepted you know this is the reason why teenagers especially do all types of things that their friends do they take drugs they indulge in sex because they want to be accepted everybody else is doing it if i don't do it i'm not accepted the way girls dress like other girls is to be accepted it is a result of insecurity an insecurity which wants desperately that other people should accept them and it is all because they are not sure that god has accepted them as they are however much we may hear about god accepting us and about being justified deep down in our heart we are not sure whether god has accepted us as we are and so we want to find some comfort in other people accepting us and we find a little security there okay i'm accepted among my friends and so we are afraid to do anything that will make us lose a friendship and if everybody dresses in a particular way and i look odd then i dress like them i follow their fashions and you don't realize young people that you are a slave most young people in the world including in the church are slaves without knowing it they are slaves to the opinions of others of their age they don't they don't want to be accepted by their parents <laughs> they couldn't care less what their parents think about them most young people are like that they don't care what their parents think about them parents can reject them except it doesn't make a difference but their peers people who are their same age in church or in college they must accept them in fact they don't even care much whether god has accepted them or not so long as their friends accept them this is the human race and when we want this so badly we wear these fig leaves these masks to cover areas of our life which others we don't want others to see that's what adam and eve did they didn't cover their whole body no 
they covered areas of their body which they don't want other people to see and the spiritual application is we cover areas of our life which we don't want other people to see because we are afraid if they see it they won't accept us and uh, some of us who have found security in god we know perhaps that god has accepted us because he knows everything about us but we feel there are very few people like god and that's true unfortunately that is true there are very few people who are like god who will accept you just as you are knowing everything about you there are very few elder brothers like that it's a sad thing even in our midst there are very few that's a pathetic condition of christianity it's a part of our failure one mark of a really godly man is that he's like god he accepts people just as they are in fact the bible says in romans 15 7 receive one another as christ received you to the glory of god as the prodigal son's father received the prodigal son just as he was the elder brother would not receive him supposing the prodigal son in the far country had heard that his father had died and the elder brother was now running the home you think he'd have come back <laughs> he'd have said i'd rather stay with the pigs at least they accept me just as i am <laughs> but this my elder brother he won't accept me he wouldn't have gone home and there are many people who don't come home because the elder brother in some church is a pharisee who can't accept people just as they are and if he hears if he knows something about somebody he will tell everybody about it <clears throat> or he will tell at least his precious wife about it and she will tell everybody about it what a sad state of affairs what a sad state of affairs that sinners cannot come because fathers are missing paul said in 1 corinthians 4 you can have 10000 teachers but you don't have many fathers he said but i am a father to you and i will never put you to shame the great need in the church is for fathers and the proportion is exactly like paul said in 1 corinthians 4 you'll find 10000 elders who are teachers and you may find in that midst one elder who's a father it's that proportion one is to 10000 what a need there is for elder brothers to repent and say i want to be a father for many many years when we have elders meetings this has been the burden of my heart be a father be a father to those poor boys and girls who are in your church to the teenagers in your church who probably made a mess of their life 
Be a father to them. Don't be a teacher. Love them. Draw them into the kingdom. Tell them that God loves them as they are. And let them feel comfortable with you. And let them know that you keep their confidences. That what they tell you will never be broadcast by you to another soul. You must have that testimony as an elder brother. That's light. We live in a world like that. And we live in a world of frightened people. That's what some of you are. You know, inside many of you, dear brothers and sisters, there's a frightened little man or woman inside who as soon as somebody comes too close to find out something about you, this man runs away and hides. Exactly like Adam in the garden. Because you are guilty. And you feel you will not be accepted. Adam felt, I won't be accepted now. I've done such a terrible thing. I won't be accepted. I must run away and hide. That's how we all are. How blessed it is if we can build a brotherhood in our churches. It's, it's a miracle if we can build a brotherhood in our churches. This is the real New Testament church which is like a home. Which is such a good home where there are fathers and mothers who will care for the people so well that young people will feel so free to come to such a home more than they feel free to go to their own parents. Yeah. That's the type of elder brothers we should be. Because that's how Jesus was. The worst people in society felt free to come to Jesus. That challenges me. Sinful women, tax collectors, cheats, crooks, murderers. They wouldn't go anywhere near the Pharisees. They knew the Pharisees would condemn them and all that. But they felt so free to... Why is it? Is it because Jesus sort of um, said so many things? No. They sensed as they heard Jesus speak that this man is different. And that is what people must sense when they meet you and hear you. Many are so hard. Now there's a difference between being hard and strict. I think Jesus was strict but he was not hard. He was always very tender to repentant sinners, whoever they were, no matter how great their sin. And so, living in such a world, how shall we be the light? It's to be like Jesus, that people must see when they come to us that they are accepted. I mean, we may not agree with all that they do. It doesn't matter. Do you think when the prodigal son came home after years and years with all those bad habits, 
overnight he became different in the house? No. Supposing he came and he had a pack of cigarettes with him in his pocket. And the father saw him one day because he had become a you know chain smoker in that far country. And somehow he couldn't break the habit even though he wanted to and inside the bathroom he was smoking. <laughs> and the father smelt the smoke. What do you think the father would have done? I think he would have loved him and acted as though he never knew. Loved him, won his confidence and over a period of time delivered him from that habit that was destroying him. We need fathers like that. What a desperate need there is. Fathers who will cover the sins of their children. By that I mean the people in the church who will put their arms around their sons and daughters and pray for them. This is what it means to shine as a light because we live in a world of people who are always running away and hiding behind trees, putting fig leaves in front of them, wearing masks because they are afraid they will not be accepted as they are. And the church is being placed in the midst of this world where people are so hard and demanding. You think the worldly factories and companies will accept a man who is a failure? They say, get out. They say, but sir, I have a family. If I lose my job, they're finished. Well, we don't care about that. You don't do your work here properly, get out. That's the world. They don't care whether your family is going to starve. They don't care whether you've got to take your children out of school because you're losing your job. Just drop out. We've got to run our company. Our company has to produce profits. We couldn't care less whether that affects your family or not. We live in a world and it's become more and more like that of late. Past 10-20 years. Fierce competition. And in this world, Jesus has placed a church. An island of peace. At least that's what it should be. Where these shipwrecked people can scramble ashore and find food and shelter and comfort. And when they come to our meetings, what do they hear you preach? Do they hear you hammering them with some more verses from the Bible? They'll scramble back to the shipwreck and say, we are safer out there. Then on this island, I never knew these fellows were going to hit us when we, we thought we were going to get some shelter here. It's happening. In our churches. I don't throw stones at anybody because in past years I've done it myself. I'm ashamed of it. I don't do it now. God's given me light on my legalism. And that's why I can proclaim it to deliver other people from legalism. You know, some people say that, well, I haven't changed. They say they haven't changed. But I say if you haven't changed, if you're not ashamed of some things you did ten years ago, then you're not growing. If you're not ashamed of things you did five years ago, you're not growing. If you're not ashamed of the way you did things one year ago, you're not growing. The mark of a man who's growing spiritually is 
that he's ashamed of the way he did things. Not he didn't do grossly sinful things, but there were things he did which was that's not that's not the way Jesus did it. And he's ashamed of it. I can honestly say I'm ashamed of it. But I say it. I'm ashamed of the way I preached so many years ago and so many things and but I've got light. And that excites me. It excites me that the Holy Spirit's working with me. He is leading me on. He's showing me what it means to be a light. You know the fact that you're popular in your church means nothing. Popularity means nothing. Politicians can be popular. An elder brother can be popular because he can dish out favors like a chief minister is popular because he can appoint certain people as ministers and some elder brothers are like chief ministers they are popular with certain people because they give them certain favors i don't want that type of cheap popularity i'm not in politics and i'm not a chief minister handing out favors to anybody i want to be a father and i don't want to be popular with some of my children and not with others of my children that's a very poor father the father is one whom all the children can access even the rebellious ones otherwise we're not fathers we're elder brothers like the prodigal son's elder brother so as i said it's not just in the world but inside the church also people come to the church and there is this masks that we wear because we are afraid that we people won't accept us if they knew us as we really are we have to create and this is where you see the godliness of an elder brother if he can create an atmosphere in the church where people can know at least in this church you're accepted just as you are you don't have to change before you come we'll help you to change after you come we help you to change for what for the better we won't force you to change no 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 we'll help you to change if you want to change and we'll help you to change at your pace not my pace you know if you're climbing up the steps the staircase with a 2 year old child you have to go at his pace if you want fellowship with him if he goes slowly you got to go slowly otherwise you got to lose fellowship so that's how we want to do it in the church we want to help people to grow at their pace not ours and if somebody is slow to change fine this is what it means to be the church shining as a light in the world drawing people to Jesus Christ the world has got such a wrong understanding of god our ministry is the same as the ministry of the first body of christ that walked around palestine for 33 years what was jesus doing there's a very beautiful verse in john 1 which is one of my favorite verses which says No one John 1:18 No one has seen God at any time 
But Jesus, let me paraphrase it, came and explained the Father to us. Explained the Father. Explained the Father. You know, like a good teacher, you have a very difficult mathematics problem and you have a wonderful teacher in your mathematics class who explains it so simply. And you say, boy, I understood it now. I can solve that problem now. A good teacher is one who can explain a very difficult problem in a very simple way. Jesus came and explained God in a very simple way as a father who loves us, who accepts us as we are, but who doesn't want us to stay as we are. Do you think the prodigal son's father wanted that boy to remain ragged with an unkempt beard and dirty clothes, stinking, not having a bath? Do you think the father wanted him to be like that? He accepted him like that. When he embraced him and welcomed him, the fellow was stinking. He had been with the pigs. He was stinking of pigs. And his clothes were all torn and filthy. Which father would want him to remain like that? There's a difference between accepting a person as he is and wanting him to remain like that. If you love, you won't want people to remain like that. And the father loved his son too much. He said, come on, let's get a good robe for him. Let's get the shower ready for he can have a shower and uh, have a bath and put on a new robe and put a ring on his hand and let's the shoes on his feet and the fellow doesn't even have a pair of socks. Let's get him dressed up. And let's uh, get him some good food. Let's kill the fatted calf and let's give him a medical checkup and see if he's healthy and let's do everything needed to bring him back to be the son he should be and the heir in this house. That's what we want to make of the sinners who come to the church. They are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. And we want to make them that. And therefore we want to love them and accept them as they are and change them at their pace slowly. Help them to see how good it is to have a bath. If he doesn't understood the ba- understood the value of that as yet. How good it is to change your clothes. How good it is to have shoes on your feet. I mean, some people need to be explained all that. They don't understand the value of these things because they have lived for so long with the pigs. It's absolutely true. A lot of people who come to the church don't understand the value of holiness. They don't understand the holiness is like health. Are you afraid of the word health? Supposing I say, perfect health. Perfect health. (laughs) You get scared? Why are we afraid of perfect holiness? Because the devil has given a wrong concept of holiness in our mind. We have to change that concept. It's it's one of my burdens wherever I go. To get people to stop being afraid of being perfectly holy. Stop being afraid of getting victory over sin. It's It's like trying to teach people to be healthy. 
Keep the toilets clean. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Have a bath. Is that a good thing or a bad thing? Change your underclothes. All that perspiring stuff. I mean, you got to teach people so many things. So many bad, filthy habits that they have acquired living among the pigs for so many years. Well, some of them are a bit stubborn. They don't want to change some of those filthy habits. Okay, we'll work with them. We'll be patient with them. But we want them to change. Just like the father of the prodigal son. So don't be afraid of holiness. Holiness is exactly like health. And just like a loving father would want his son to be completely free of all sickness. God the Father wants us to be completely free of all sin. And a loving father, an elder brother in a church would want everybody to be totally free from sin. We want every brother in the church and every sister in the church to have 100% victory over anger, over irritability, over bad moods, over jealousy of each other over holding grudges against each other. We want everyone in the church to have 100% victory over the habit of not talking to each other or despising others. 100% victory. We don't want 90% victory. Just like I would want uh, everybody of you to be healed 100% of leprosy. If you, some of you got leprosy and I take you to a doctor, I won't say, well, 90% is enough. What do you mean 90% is enough? I want him to be 100% healed of leprosy, doctor, and if he got to pay more for it, I'm willing to pay for it. We want this person to be healed. We want, him, we want, we want everything in him to be healed. Has he got tuberculosis? I will not leave you until you're completely free of that tuberculosis. Do you hate me for that? Do you hate me because I'm determined to get all the tuberculosis out of your system and all the leprosy out of your system? <clears throat> that is what sin is. Sin is worse than that. But do you think a small child, a baby, knows what tuberculosis is? The baby says, why do I need that injection? Hates injections. Hates bitter tablets. Because it doesn't know how terrible tuberculosis is. How terrible leprosy is. And when there is a complete cure available, even if it's through a painful injection and a bitter medicine, a father and a mother will give that painful injection and give that bitter medicine because he loves those children. There are people in the children, in the, there are people in the church who are like babies. They don't understand how terrible, evil, how much anger is destroying their soul, destroying their homes. How much jealousy is destroying their souls and destroying the church. Spirit of competition. Competition between my children and your children. You think that's only in the world? I have seen it in CFC. People think I don't see it. I see a lot of things I keep quiet about. I've seen it. Competition. Parents are in competition to show my children can do better than so-and-so's children. You parents, tell me honestly, can you look at me in my face and say that is not true? 
can fool others, you can't fool me. Look at me straight in the face and say it's not true. You dare not say it because I know it's true. I'm not condemning you. I'm trying to heal you of that tuberculosis. I'm trying to heal you of that leprosy. You mothers especially. I think it's especially among the mothers. Competing. To show that their sons and daughters are better than somebody else's sons and daughters. My dear sister. Please be healed of this leprosy. It's evil. This competitive spirit. That's why we speak against it. We are determined to eradicate leprosy, eradicate malaria, eradicate tuberculosis, eradicate smallpox, eradicate every wretched thing from the church. Is that a bad thing? The World Health Organization is constantly trying to eradicate diseases. What's wrong in our doing something like that in the church? People say, oh, your standards are too high. Supposing we tell the World Health Organization, why should you eradicate malaria completely from India? Why not leave a little bit of malaria in India? A little bit of smallpox and a little bit, little bit of leprosy. Why should we eradicate it? Total eradication. Isn't that too high a standard? No, no, no. I don't want to go to a country where malaria is totally eradicated. I'd like to go to a country where they have a little bit of malaria and a little bit of leprosy. I don't want to a church where, oh, they are totally against sin. Let me go and sit comfortably in a church where they allow some of these sicknesses. Would you choose a country like that? I'll tell you why. You have that idea. I've heard people tell me, oh, brothers, the CFC and all is too high a standard. We can't come there. It's like going to a hospital and saying, no, no, this is too clean a hospital. Let me go to one of these government hospitals. A little more dirty. I feel a little more comfortable there. Crazy. Absolutely crazy. They've got a, not one, a few nuts loose inside their head. My dear brothers and sisters, think of how God wants the church to be. A little foretaste of heaven on earth. The peace. Do you think the angels in heaven are competing with one another? You think one angel is trying to show that I can do better than that angel? The church is to be a, a heaven like that, a light that draws people to free them from all this competitive spirit, jealousy, strife. Do, you, do your children do better than mine? I am thrilled. I tell you honestly, I am thrilled. Do you do better than me? I am thrilled. Is your house better than mine? I'm really excited about it. Anything that you have better than me, God is my witness, it has always excited me. It's always rejoiced my heart whenever I've seen somebody in CFC prosper, materially or any other way. Because God's freed me. He freed me years ago from this competitive spirit. I'm not in competition with anybody in CFC or anybody in the whole world. That's not a great thing. Supposing I tell you I don't have any tuberculosis in my body, what do you think? Oh, he's so proud. He thinks he's got no tuberculosis in his body. Everybody's got a little bit of tuberculosis in their body. No, I thank God I don't have tuberculosis. I thank God I don't have malaria. <laughs> do you have to have a little bit of malaria to be humble? You have to have a little bit of leprosy to be humble? Have we seen sin as serious? See, this is babies who don't understand the seriousness of malaria and 
tuberculosis. Many babies in the church don't understand the seriousness of a competitive spirit of jealousy, of bitterness and strife and all these things. Bad moods, not talking. Imagine wives not talking to their husbands. That's terrible. To me it's a bit like AIDS. I can't understand it. I never wanted to be like that. I, I, I don't want to have an attitude where I don't talk to my wife even for one minute. I don't want AIDS even for one minute. No, thank you. You can have it if you want. I don't want it even for one minute. It's terrible these things. These are all unchristlike habits and we are building a church where the light is going to shine brightly with no part dark. Where we don't exploit one another. We don't take advantage of one another. Where there's nothing that I will do to take advantage of you. That's another terrible sickness that many people have. They take advantage of others in the church for their own personal benefit. Ah, I can get something out of that person. I'm not saying we shouldn't help one another. But to take advantage of somebody and to take financial advantage of somebody is absolutely evil. There are preachers who take financial advantage of others. There are people who take financial advantage of others. If you sell something in the church, sell it at cost price with zero profit for yourself. Then I'll believe you're a disciple of Jesus Christ. I've sold things, my scooters and mopeds, which when I got another one to other believers, and I said, tell me what price you want to do. Is my price too high? Lower it. Put it down. Take it for whatever you feel is a good price. So that you can always go away from me saying, it's good to do business with Brother Zach. That's the testimony you should have. It's good to do business with that person because I always make a profit. Praise God. That's what the church is. Nobody should suffer loss because they came in touch with me. They must gain. That must be your longing. They must gain materially. They must gain spiritually. They must gain in every possible way because they came in touch with me. Not, I must gain something because I came in touch with them. That is selfishness. That's the old Adamic spirit. That's the spirit of the money changers in the temple. Anybody who came in touch with them, they got some profit out of them. In the temple. Can you imagine? Jesus drove such people out and he still drives such people out. No, in the church, it's a light that shines. The, the, the darkness is selfishness. Darkness is self-centeredness. Darkness is seeking my own gain, my own profit. What's good for me? Light is what's good for the other person. Never mind if I suffer a little loss. Let me tell you a little secret of the way God runs this universe. God runs this universe on the principle of sacrifice. Got it? 
and that he proved on the cross of Calvary saying that is the principle on which I run this world very few Christians who talk about new, new and living way new covenant and all that have understood that that means if you get close to God you will have to sacrifice yourself so that other people can benefit I, I remember reading something which uh, let me I kept it in my Bible here uh, <clears throat> Christ instituted the breaking of bread so that we should always remember the cross listen slowly Christ instituted the breaking of bread so that we should always remember the cross because this symbolized his giving his body for us to eat he told the disciples this is my body eat it so we also must be willing to give ourselves to other people that they can eat us understood the meaning of the breaking of bread as Jesus gave himself to be eaten by others I give myself to be eaten by others one of 30 exhortations by Mother Teresa I keep it in my Bible and I read it the other 29 are equally good just by the way I'm not a Roman Catholic I don't pray to Mary I don't pray for the rosary but I respect every godly man and woman in the world I've learned something from that I have to give myself to be exploited by others to be taken advantage of by others to be eaten by others that's the way I bring life because is the principle of sacrifice by which God runs this world and the church is supposed to demonstrate that the body of Jesus Christ we say we are the body of Christ his body was broken so that other people could eat it are we willing to go that way that is the price to be part of the body of Christ in the world today I say Lord I'm ready I want to be a part of your body I want to understand this principle by which which you demonstrated when you came into the world the way of the cross which the New Testament calls the new and living way many who talk about it haven't understood it this is the new and living way where I give myself to others to eat me Mother Teresa who could not explain it like some of us can did it we can perhaps explain it better but the question is whether we do it
what does it mean to be a light having no part dark having no self-centeredness no self-seeking when we think of Jesus coming to the earth to reveal the father that is light he came to earth sacrificing all that was there in heaven only to bless other people that's all to help other people there in heaven he sat enjoying all the glory and he sat there and he thought i cannot enjoy this myself when there are poor suffering people out there i want them to enjoy this with me that's the spirit of christ i want those people to enjoy what i have and let me go down but if you want them to enjoy what you have lord you have to suffer and die okay i'm willing to suffer and die if they can enjoy what i have that is the spirit of christ and that is how the father was because the father was revealed in christ the christ explained the father and here i am today supposed to be a representative of jesus christ sent by the lord into this earth to explain the father again because jesus is gone he sent me say now you continue doing what i did explain the father to people explain me to people show people my spirit which spirit the spirit of willing to go down that they must have what i have how many of you brothers and sisters sitting here can honestly say that you want other people to have what you have and that you are willing to pay any price that they might have what you have that's why i admire these missionaries who've gone to north india missionaries who came from other lands in olden days not these modern day missionaries who are like tourists that is why i don't have any respect for these american preachers who come and conduct crusades here i have a lot of respect for the american missionaries who went out to different lands 60 70 years ago they were another class altogether who sacrificed so much i really admire them because i've seen the standard of life they live in america what they gave up to go to these places I remember meeting some of those saintly women who came out as nurses where my wife used to work in the middle of Maharashtra a village ridden with cobras you know that Nagpur means the city of snakes cobras and around that area there was this village full of cobras and you know what the people in other villages did anybody who was a leper they said go there we don't want you around in these villages and here were these godly young 25 year old women from america nurses who could have earned a fortune working there who came to these villages with no electricity no running water lepers cobras built a little hospital to take care of these lepers to lead them to Jesus Christ 
Some of us despise full-time workers. Such full-time workers are my heroes and heroines. I'll tell you, they are. And I met this saintly old woman, she's 85 years old now, who came as a 25-year-old. I tell you, <laughs> such a sweet saint at the age of 85, because she lived for Christ. She didn't make money like a lot of other people did. She could have, but that spirit that drove Jesus from heaven, that other people must have what he had drove her and brought lepers to Christ so that they will be in the kingdom of God okay you may not be called to go to North India but I hope you will appreciate those who go I get at least three or four missionary magazines Indian missionary magazines in my home every month because I want to God never called me to be an evangelist. I, I was ready to go. I told the Lord, I'm ready to go to Rajasthan anywhere. I told my wife before I married her, I may go to Rajasthan. I don't know where God's going to call me. But the next best, since God didn't call me to do that, is to think about these people, to support them, to appreciate them. God has called you to be a witness, my brother, sister. Not just to sit in a church and perfect yourself forever. That can be one of the most selfish things to do. The early Christians didn't sit in a huddle and perfect themselves forever. While they served others, they perfected themselves. And you do a much quicker job of perfecting yourself when you start serving others. So within the limits of my limited gift, I say, Lord, as long as I have health, I want to be motivated by the Spirit of Christ to reach out to those who haven't heard. That's why I'm gradually reducing the time spent in our churches. Now mostly I go only for our conferences. I don't go around to individual churches so much. I'll tell you why. Because they've already heard this 1000 times. And some of them are still fighting and quarreling even after hearing it 1000 times. I say, well, the Lord says, there are some other people who haven't even heard it once. Some of these things that these people have heard 1,000 times. Don't go and coddle them and coddle them and coddle them. Go and share this with somebody who hasn't heard it. And that's what I've been trying to do the last 2-3 years. To go to share these same truths that we have heard for so many years with some people who have not even heard it once and who are so excited when they hear it. Some of them say, from across the world, 10,000 miles away, they said, Brother Zach, can we come and live in Bangalore and hear this? Who have such appreciation, such tremendous respect. I feel humbled when I see that. And then I see many who have heard it so often. who don't have that appreciation because they've heard it so often who don't have that respect it's become cheap yeah Jesus said no prophet is accepted in his own country in his own hometown it was like that with Jesus there are many people in this land 
in other lands who long to hear the things we have been hearing many, many, many times. Some of you young people need to carry that burden. First of all, to allow the truth to transform your life and share it with other people. You have a tremendous responsibility. God has given you much. Say, Lord, tell me how I can share this with other people. Study the word. Lord, pray and say, Lord, teach me how to communicate these truths in simple, interesting ways. Within my limitations, if you may not be a pulpit preacher, but you can write letters. You can talk to people five minutes conversation. Will you pray, Lord, help me to be a light that other people can see and be drawn to you. Help me to explain to them how good God is. How he's such a loving father. You don't have to run away and hide. You don't have to hide. He loves you. And I love you too. That's what the prodigal son knew. I told a young brother once who had made a mess of his life. He was younger than even my youngest son. Young chap, teenager. I said to him, I said, well, when you hit rock bottom, when you made a, when you've drifted furthest away from God, remember one thing. God loves you. And I love you too. You can come back to God and you can come back to me. The doors of my house will always be open to you. And um, you'll be welcome. And I will not condemn you. I'll help you get out of the habits that have destroyed your life. My brothers and sisters, we live in a world that needs many of us to reach out to these people who are afraid to be known as they are. Please don't be a legalist. Please don't go to them with your multitudes of rules and regulations. I have told people in our churches, if you attend one Sunday meeting, morning meeting in your church, that is enough. The rest of the time reach out to others. Don't go to any other meeting if you don't have time. Reach out to others. Let the other people who are sitting perfecting themselves sit there forever perfecting themselves. You go and reach out to other people who haven't heard these truths. Do that. I'm sorry to say some elder brothers are hindering that type of outreach. They want to sit and coddle each other and perfect themselves till eternity. Ignore them. I tell you in Jesus name. Ignore those elders. And do what God tells you to do. You don't need anybody's permission to be a witness for Christ. In Acts 1.8 God has already given you that permission. You don't need my permission to be a witness for Christ. You don't need any elder brother's permission to be a witness for Christ. Go out and reach out and share with people who haven't heard these truths. And let those who want to perfect themselves and sit coddling themselves live there forever. You reach out. And you don't need anybody's permission when Jesus has told you, you shall be my witnesses to the uttermost parts of the earth. And we have not reached the uttermost parts of the earth yet.
Don't be a slave of men. You were bought with a price. Don't be the slave of some elder brother who tries to run your life. Break free from that. Love him, respect him and be free of him. Don't cause any rebellion in that church. No, 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 no. Let them mind their own business. Let them do what they like. You do what God has told you to do. Be a witness to the uttermost parts of the earth. The night is coming in India when no one can work. I travel around this land and I say, Oh God, I wish I could be in ten places at the same time. And I know I can't. Because I'm only one person. Honestly, there are times when I wish I could be in ten different places at the same time. Are you failing God? Have you failed God? By not allowing God to prepare you? In the little ministries He gives you to reach out to somebody? You do that and God will expand your borders. That's how He did mine. I started with two, three people in a home. That's how I did it 40 years ago. And you start doing that. Reach out to somebody, maybe three people in a home or two people in a home. God will expand your borders until one day rivers of living water will be flowing out from you. You don't have to be perfect before you do that. I wasn't perfect. I'm still not perfect. No, you don't have to be perfect before you start serving God. Let those who think like that sit and perfect themselves and waste their lives till eternity. Ignore them. You go out and reach out and say, Lord, I'm not perfect. But I'm going to share what I have with other people. And in the process I will be perfect. Dear brothers and sisters, I believe that many of us have either lost the vision or never had a vision that Jesus had of reaching a lost world for the Father. We need to get that. Jesus said, lift up your eyes and look at the fields for they are white unto harvest. Have you ever obeyed that exhortation? I did it. And as a young man, and when I was 24 years old, God said, leave your job. I'll take care of you. I left my job. But I would never have left it if I had not lifted up my eyes and looked around India and seen the need. I didn't think I was perfect. How perfect do you think I was when I was 24? If I'm not perfect today, can you imagine what I was when I was 24, defeated by so many sins, still struggling, but sincerely wanting to live for God? That was there. I wasn't perfect. I didn't have victory over all sins. But I sincerely wanted to do something with my life for God before I left the earth. I wanted to do something to show Jesus that I loved Him. That I was thankful for His dying for me on the cross. And I lifted up my eyes and I saw a lot of people. I didn't know much but I knew a lot of people in India who knew less than me. Maybe I was only in the kindergarten but some of those people were not even in the kindergarten. So I said, okay, I can't preach in all these big places but these fellows who don't know ABC, I can go and teach them ABC of the gospel. And that's how I started. Think of that. Think of that responsibility you have. Let your mind function in that way. And say, Lord, help me to be light that shines for you. And as I began to do that, I saw my need for the power of the Holy Spirit and that drove me to God for the power of the Holy Spirit. That is what will drive you to God to be filled with the Holy Spirit. And God will fill you. 
and the rivers will begin to flow through you. Think if every single person sitting here gets gripped with this vision. I've got one life. I want it to count for God. I'm not going to be the slave of some elder brother's opinion. I'll respect him, love him, but I'm going to be sir, I'm going to serve God. I'm not going to be a slave. If somebody thinks I'm a rebel, I'm a rebel. That's fine. I want to live before God. Don't waste your life. Don't stand in the day of judgment before God and say, Lord, I was a slave to some elder brother's opinion, so I did not serve you. I hope you won't have to say that. Serve God. And if your elder brother doesn't have a vision, you catch the vision. And reach out. And bless people. And share with them what you have learned in the church. And that's a tremendous lot. Don't be satisfied sitting in your home. That would be like Jesus sitting in heaven, enjoying all the angels. And it's wonderful here. No, we're not to be like that. One day we will sit in heaven and do that. But now is the time to work. The night comes when no man can work. And I wish there were many, many young people who would be gripped by this passion. And who will study the word and seek for the anointing of the Holy Spirit. And bless this land in Jesus name. So that all these fearful people who are afraid to expose themselves can come to true fathers and mothers. Who will embrace them and bring them to the father's home. Let's bow our heads before God. It's not a pep talk I gave today. I don't give pep talks. I hope you heard something that can change the direction of your life with a passion to reach out to those who have not heard the wonderful things you have heard. Don't become a slave to somebody else's blindness and become blind like him. If God's given you a vision, keep your vision clear and stick to it. Throughout my life, many people have called me a rebel. They are welcome to call me what they like. God may have another opinion when I stand before him one day. Dear brothers and sisters, you can be filled with the Holy Spirit and you can be a witness to people whom I and others here will never meet. There are certain people only you will meet. Let's start with Christians who are defeated. Don't you know Christians who are defeated? If you don't have the ability to reach the non-Christians and the Hindus like some others. Don't you know Christians who are defeated? Who need to hear the message of deliverance and salvation? Can you think of giving them a book perhaps in the new year? Can you think of spending 500 rupees in the new year to distribute some books to people? Is that a lot of money? You never know what the fruits will be for eternity. Heavenly Father, help us, help me I pray. Give me a passion for souls. Give me the passion that there was in your heart and give us the passion that was in your heart. Deliver us from empty words. The kingdom of God is not in words. 
We don't want to be a bunch of empty talkers. We want our life to count for you. We have only one life and we want it to count for you, Lord, before we leave this earth. Help us, each one, to take some serious decisions tonight and to stick to them in the days to come when we face opposition, difficulties, criticisms, whatever. From those who are blind, from those who have no vision, Lord, give us the boldness and the humility to explain, to stand for what we believe without arrogance, in humility, agreeing to disagree with those who don't see things the way we see it. And Lord, help us to reach a needy world of people who are afraid to be known as they really are, orphans, People who are wearing masks and hiding themselves, help us to love them and bring them to the Father's house. We pray in Jesus' name.